hello at last saying hello and I'm not really sure to whom I'm saying hello so for the time being I'm sort of helloing myself I guess and treating this as a little diary uh, dear me vocal letter or something like that and I said at last because recording these really feels like giving birth to an extremely overdue idea an idea that has been baking in my procrastination oven for about a year and I know I know uh, procrastination has not been good uh, has not been good for me and has not been good to me I am unfortunately an expert procrastinator something I have identified as one of the major issues in my life and something I'm working my way through and doing something about um, about this issue for for quite a while I'm not I'm not really succeeding. I'm not really seeing massive results, but I think recording this is one of very many first steps. So in my brain, there is this special shelf, a procrastination shelf, where I carefully place you know, all my ideas, all my to-dos and the things that are really worth exploring, but <laughs> not just yet. So I kind of mold them over and, and wrap them in a shiny wrapping paper um, and, and, and sort of tie them with a golden ribbon and pop them on that shelf. And there they are staring me in the face because I, I do revisit that shelf quite often. It's sort of form of torture I guess look at all the things that are worth doing but you're not doing them and sort of adding adding to the shelf the shelves are bursting at the moment so this podcast is one of the things that to ease my procrastination shelf so one thing one less thing on that shelf I I noticed that the past three four years have been quite difficult for me uh, when it comes to starting something new it's um it's not got any better, even though I I took a massive step and, and started working my way through it. But I feel like the pandemic especially has reset something for me. And in the past, I was kind of think and go or sort of think and do kind of person. I wouldn't think twice. I wouldn't think much, in fact. I would think of something and just go and do it and now I am significantly more cautious and and it's possible that I have hit some particularly lazy years of my life although I, I do suspect that this probably has very little to do with laziness but when I think about me from you know four or five years ago I really enjoy looking back at myself and seeing that complete boldness that came with no young age lack of experience and and lack of awareness of your own limits and I loved like I loved myself at the time there was a time when I did absolutely everything I thought about something it was done sometimes sort of halfway through that thought you know the world's in motion um almost immediately not much thought behind anything and in many ways, it it has not, you know, it has not worked out for me because I, I sort of brought to life some really terrible ideas, but I don't regret a single one of them because I know that I've tried. And what I'm doing right now is giving, trying a try, giving, trying a go, you know. So here I am. 
And obviously, as a as an expert procrastinator, as an expert procrastinator, I thought and thought and thought about, you know, when I decided, right, I'm going to record it. Then I obviously spent months thinking how to start this podcast and what to start it with. What should the first episode be? Should it be about procrastination? I mean, it's a lol and lol situation. Should it be about getting things off the ground and how best to do it? So things around these themes. And then today I washed my hair with a new shampoo and I knew immediately this this first episode had to be about bananas and yes you heard it right bananas and and maybe a little bit about other things too so the the banana my banana story started in 2004 <laughs> 18 years ago which I think is completely insane when I think about it god 18 years I I have lived an adult existence for 18 years. I was living in Poland. I was at the university. Um, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I did, however, have quite a good idea about what I did not want to do. And my friendship group at that time were a few people from uni, my age, ish but majority of my friends were a little bit older and and having an older group of friends you kind of see your own life a few years ahead and there are good things and bad things about it to me it it really it provided just a bit of that future mirror of what life could be like and no one was really unhappy so there was a good thing but you could see the very typical trajectory that felt a little bit difficult to escape because everybody was doing it so you know you typical graduate get a job get married have a baby have a dog or have a dog have a baby have baby dog i don't know your typical path a move to move move to suburbs have another baby have a cat that sort of thing which you know that obviously there's nothing wrong with that and do whatever do you do whatever makes you happy but when i when i was thinking about it and it was quite close i was quite close to graduating back then and and really having to make some sort of a decision i seemed like i seemed really paralyzed at that time and i really i felt so strongly I knew that I did not want that. I did not want my life to take that trajectory. Even though when I think back and I think it was the sliding doors, when I have the sliding doors thought, I think my life would have been significantly less complicated now had I followed that path. Probably less stressful and probably a bit calmer but it it would have been completely different and I would have missed out on so many things I managed to experience because of bananas so so that story about bananas is also a story about beginnings (laughs) and all other things that start with the letter b I'm joking just the two and that beginning that banana (laughs) bananas beginning did not necessarily feel like one but I really think of it a such monumental point in my life that had completely, utterly changed the trajectory of it. 
So the year was 2004, a massively important year for Poland. As in May, and, and in fact, on my mother's birthday, Poland joined the European Union. And to me, it gave, it gave me so much freedom. It gave me something completely, completely unthinkable. The opening of the borders to the West, you know, which was something that we dreamed of as a, as a generation, I think, and generation maybe slightly older and maybe slightly younger than mine. We have dreamed of traveling. We have dreamed of going abroad. We have watched the you know, Western movies, but our movement was so incredibly limited. It was a massive mission to you know, come to London or, or travel to Berlin or Madrid. You know, it was, it was before 2004. It was extremely difficult and really so difficult that it was completely unthinkable. And then 2004 happened and, you know, from day to day, that freedom sort of slapped me in the face and all the possibilities started sort of jumping at me from all sorts of places. And having that freedom meant only one thing that I had to go. I had to run towards it. And so that was the year when I decided to travel to Scotland. I have no idea why Scotland. I, I can't. I'm racking my brain and absolutely no clue. I went to Scotland with two of my friends, two of my mates from university. Again, I can't remember how exactly it was decided that the three of us will go, why other people were not interested, or maybe they thought we were completely mad to do that. But it somehow it so ended that the three of us decided that was to be our adventure. Neither of us had ever travelled west before. I don't think any of us went abroad by themselves, as far as I remember. So it was quite a big deal. And and considering how, how massive a deal that was, we did not do any research. We did not plan anything. The only plan was that we'll get there and figure it out. And the plan was that we'll stay there for three months. I had £50 saved up for that trip and the £50 was supposed to cover my accommodation for one week and food. And again, there was no plan, but we thought it's going to be really easy. We'll travel a little bit, we'll get jobs, we then travel a little bit more, you know, we'll work when we need to work. No research at all about how much things costed, apart from, I think, how much the hostel would be for a week. And did it worry me that we had no plan? Did it worry me that I had hardly any money? Not at all. It felt really amazing. We're young, we're adventurous, and we did not care. We were ready to go and experience and explore and conquer Europe. It felt, it felt amazing. You know, I'm not in touch with the women that I went to Scotland with. But I think it would be really interesting to speak to them and see how they remember it. Because memory is so unreliable. And I know that some parts of this story, I completely blanked. And some of, some very crucial parts of the story, I have no recollection of at all. Whereas other parts, seemingly irrelevant, I remember really well. I remember them as if it happened yesterday. 
Now, our adventure started with a 30 hours long bus journey. And that bus journey, I remember really, really well. I remember what it smelled like inside that bus. The toilet was broken, so you can imagine. And then the Polish gentlemen who were on that bus with us and who were the majority of passengers on our journey consume incredible impressive amounts of beer it really felt a little bit like the world was ending and the only way to stop it from happening was to drink endless amounts of beer and they started the moment the engine was turned on and they were still drinking as they were getting the luggage out of the bus when we reached Edinburgh. So that smell of broken toilet and the smell of beer mixed with body odor of, you know, 30 hours journey, but also mixed with hope. It was absolutely palpable, the excitement for, for most of these people. It was the first time they were going abroad and you could feel it. You could really feel it in the air. And I remember very distinctly crossing the border with Germany. So that was that window, that window to the west and that door to the west, the gate to the west was opening. And I remember holding my breath a little bit. I think there was a passport control. Yeah, there there definitely was a passport control. And I remember having my passport returned to me and realizing what it meant to be in the European Union what it meant for my future and how much it opened up possibilities for me. Something I'll never forget, stopping at that border and then the bus driving away towards something really exciting. I smile when I think about this beautiful, beautiful memory, the type of memory that I, you know, feed on um, when times are a little bit tougher. Anyway, 30 hours, we got to Edinburgh, it's middle of the night, we did not have smartphones, we didn't have Google Maps, we had no freaking idea where we were going. We had the address and we somehow naively thought that we'll get there and someone's going to direct us to the hostel. That did not happen because there were no people on the streets, but somehow we managed, somehow. We got to the hostel and we had to part with cash. My entire money for that three months long trip. Let me repeat it. Three months long trip and I had 50 quid on me. And that 50 pounds was supposed to pay for my accommodation during the first couple of weeks. And then we thought, well, you know, once we've once we've settled a little bit, we'll find work we'll make enough money to travel, we'll travel. And then when we run out of money, I don't know, we're going to pick some strawberries, say potatoes, but you don't really pick them. Anyway, that was that was our rough plan. And then we parted with cash at that hostel and realized how little money we had left. We all, I think my friends might have had a bit more cash. I was on 50 quid. I was cutting it really, really fine. But was I worried? Was I? Fuck. I was so excited. I could not sleep. I woke up in the morning and we set off to see Edinburgh. Well, before I tell you about Edinburgh, I also need to tell you about that breakfast that was included in the price of our accommodation. Basically, it was 
or you can eat toast bread with a very very sugary jam so we ate that and we ate you know a lion's share of what was available because we had very little money and we could not afford food and off we went we walked around edinburgh and i tell you i felt at home i felt at home so very fast i absolutely fell in love with this beautiful welcoming warm city the weather was perfect it was warm not too hot not too cold the backpipes on the streets it was magical the hills um the green the water a beautiful city i felt i felt in love i felt like i woke up you know i felt i felt really alive and we walked around quite a lot we we pretty much walked around the whole day because we knew that we had to find jobs in order to make some money to travel further and, and explore Scotland. And we were hoping to go as remote as as humanly possible, basically. So we walked and we went to every single bar, every single pub, sandwich shop, B&B, hotel, any other hospitality type of establishment that you can think of asking for jobs and all we could hear back was either a firm no or some words we could not understand because we, we obviously did not factor in the possibility that we might not understand the Scottish accent especially the especially people who spoke with a heavier Scottish accent and um, you know it's possible that I, I might have been offered a job I just did not understand it so we walked the whole day and it was quite an unsuccessful day when it came to job hunt but we were undeterred and did the same thing the next morning set off to different parts of um, Edinburgh and it's actually a really lovely way of of exploring the city although we, we could have done without the pressure of having to find a job and the, the second day was exactly the same the firm knows everywhere we went so we came back to the hostel probably a little bit for the first time a little bit worried but the moment we walked in it looked at the board there was a there was a board where you could you know put any adverts you wanted to and I clocked that advert in Polish that said I'll provide you uh, sorry it said females only that you know da, 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 the small alarm bell is ringing but I kept on reading um so females only I'll provide you with accommodation in return for cooking cleaning etc etc was you know was the the third item on the agenda um very non-specific but very much there so the alarm bells are slightly louder at this point anyway we really did not want to go back home so we called that number and a man with a very manly voice answered and said what and we said, hi, we, we're calling about this advert in the hostel. Are you still available? Is the offer still available? And then he said, I'll come and get you in 15 minutes. And we said, well, we actually just paid. We, we paid for that hostel for a week ahead. So we'll probably need to stay here uh, 
that time and he was like well don't be stupid just get your money back so we went and we got our money back I don't think we got everything back well we got chin we had some money in our pockets and we potentially had somewhere to stay even though the alarm bells kept ringing we packed our stuff and with our backpack stood outside just outside of that hostel and 15 minutes lo and behold a limousine-like car pulls up and a driver gets out and opens the back door and out comes a man a massive so like really well built tall gentleman with no hair and a massive scar a scar that goes across his entire face he was about two meters tall i don't know what two meters is six three six two something like that i don't operate in feet still anyway very very tall and he said to us well jump in did not even introduce himself (laughs) just imagine that we did not jump in we moved towards the car but very very slowly and very cautiously (laughs) i when i think about this today I've got shivers running down my spine. Back then, it was a little bit concerning, but it sort of felt okay. My gut feeling was saying it will be all right, but keep your... Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Don't ever fall asleep. Anyway, in we went and the gentleman introduced himself. He had a Polish name, but I'll call him to protect his identity just in case this is required i'll call him bob so bob introduced himself and asked what what we're up to and we told him about our two disastrous days and then he said well how do you feel about being a tourist for a day so he took us around edinburgh in his car that had a sunroof and it was a perfect day it was a massively weird day with this stranger we just met and were a bit scared of, but who really looked after us, took us around, explained what was where, told us a little bit more about the job market and what was possible, what was not. He took us for a really lovely lunch. It was so nice to eat warm food. It was so nice to eat food that wasn't toast with jam. And it all felt all right. And then he took us home and his home was really beautiful. It was in the suburbs. It had a massive garden. It was all newly, newly painted walls, just just really beautiful and, and welcoming. And, you know, the alarm bells were still there, just a little bit quieter. And we were really, we were really hungry for adventure. And, you know, we were also just hungry for food. So decided that, fuck it, I mean what's the worst that can happen what a lot a lot of bad things can happen but we um we just we just stayed with him um not knowing anything about him and over the next two months we i can't say we've become friends we've become really good mates we used to hang out quite a bit we always had dinner together we never actually had to cook we never had to clean bob had a friend who used to come and visit him every day he was this tiny Polish man who would also run his errands 
not sure what that relationship was. But anyway, Bob, Bob arranged um, for work for us. And my first job in the United Kingdom, my first job in Edinburgh was in a banana factory. The banana factory did not make bananas. It's a place, or it was a place, I don't know if it still exists. It, it was a place where bananas from different countries and of different types were packed for different supermarkets. So bananas are not were not made equal and some better bananas went to more expensive supermarkets and lower quality bananas went to cheaper supermarkets. And it was very easy to get these bananas mixed up because day one, all the bananas looked exactly the same. No difference whatsoever. And it took me quite a while to pack them in correct boxes and I still managed to mess it up. And so end of day one, I got sacked and the driver came to pick us up. Important that the driver actually took us to that banana factory, then came to pick us up. Um, it was me and my other friend that had this job. I I don't seem to remember what the third friend was doing, but I know that Bob found all of us work. So she definitely wasn't sitting at home doing nothing or entertaining Bob. We So we get back home and we had to tell Bob that we got sacked. You know, it felt a bit, gosh, it felt a bit like a failure. As I was so ready to, to prove to myself that I could do it. Um, and, and Bob knew, actually, Bob already knew that we did not, <laughs> we did not survive the, the tough banana selection. But he told us that if we wanted, if we enjoyed it, we could have another go. I mean, we didn't enjoy it. <laughs> we didn't love this job. It was stressful, but it was a job that would make us money. So it was important that we gave it another try. So obviously we said, yeah, I loved it. And went back the following day. And the following day was a little bit better. And then the third day was better than the previous one. And that's how I became a banana packing expert. That's also how I had the most amazing arms in my entire life. I will never achieve such toned muscles in my arms ever, unless I go back to that banana factory and work there for three months. I kept on just staring at my arms. That's how beautifully toned they were. I also had quite high potassium at that time because our first two weeks we still didn't have much money and we relied quite a lot on Bob and the food that he had in his house which which didn't actually feel right but it was what it was and he'd insist that we never bought any food really really weird situation when I think about it now but appeared completely, completely normal. It felt, it just really felt like we were at home. And I don't know, he was our dad. He was a bit older than us, but not massively older. Completely weird, right? Anyway, that banana, banana factory, we ate loads of bananas. And, and frankly speaking, for about 10 years, after I stopped working there, I have not actually touched a banana. Had such massive aversion to this fruit because of the smell 
the smell of bananas, the taste of bananas, the look of bananas. I I just couldn't couldn't bear it. But back then, I was such a banana packing specialist, but I was also a banana specialist. If you showed me a banana, I could tell you exactly where that banana came from, and I could also tell you at that time which supermarket the banana belonged to. Amazing skill. Anyway, that was my high life in Edinburgh. That was my my beginning, in many ways. And I would love to know what happened to Bob. We lost touch um, probably about a couple of years after I left Edinburgh, and I. As I said, I stayed in the banana factory for about two months and then I had another job. It was considered a promotion. I worked stocking shelves in the supermarket and then was quickly promoted to till work. And that was amazing. Money was great. You know, the social status amongst the, the Polish immigrant community at that time. I had power. I could... I could recommend people because everybody wanted to work in that supermarket. It paid really, really well. And so I managed to assemble a group of people that I really liked. It was really cool. We all worked together. It was beautiful. It was really sad to leave Edinburgh, but had to go. Um, had to go back to uni. And in 18 years, I have never gone back. Even though I've lived here for so long now, I somehow never made it to Edinburgh. I've never made it to Scotland, actually. Even though my best friend moved there a couple of years ago, she's now bought a house, is expecting a baby. So I have a reason to go back. But I think it's my fear of full circles that have prevented me, has prevented me from doing so for such a long time. Some people love a full circle story and I can see the beauty of it. For me, I think I worry that it means an end of something and maybe an end of this ridiculous, chaotic life full of adventure. Maybe that's why I sort of, I'm holding off and I'm, I'm stopping myself from going. And there was a time when I nearly went. I had a train ticket and I got sick and I thought better of it and I didn't. I just feel I just feel there's something that needs to be done before I go and I don't know what that something is. Anyway, it's just my ridiculous overthinking. So this is this is the story of Banana Factory. Oh, the rhyming was really unintended. It's also a story of a beginning for me. And when I think back to that banana factory, I am so incredibly grateful to whatever protective powers had its hold over me at that time, as things could have really gone the wrong way for me. And instead, this little Scottish holiday has onset incredibly colourful chaotic years and years of travel, learning, exploring, adventure, a life which I really see and I'm very grateful for as it's so, it has been so extraordinary. The most spectacular life I could have dreamt of all started by this random trip. I really enjoyed thinking back and reminding myself of that beginning and of how little I knew about myself, about the world and 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 reminding myself how much has happened in the past 18 years. So 18 years from then, from then, how much I grew, how much I lost also, how much I 
actually lived and I hope I can feel the same way 18 years from now and when I say the same way I hope I feel like I actually lived and I've embraced all that life has slapped me in the face with and all the things that it has given me on the golden tray and if anyone actually listens to it I would love for you to share your banana story with me your story of beginnings your story wait or where it or or something started for you if you have one and if you don't mind sharing it i would love to hear it and for now take good care of yourselves and each other until next time bye